What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Don't Give Up the Ship Podcast. This is episode 54. Uh, and today I got to talk to uh, Beata Bautista. Uh, she is the uh, owner, founder, <laughs> proprietor of uh, To Go Ashore. Uh, you may have seen it on the social media platforms. I shared one of her blogs a while back when I discovered it, and she has since progressed into a podcast, uh, which is awesome. And her focus there is to basically help people with resources and processes and advice on how to successfully transition out of the military. Uh, she talks about her experience there and a little and how, how it was kind of rough and uh, wants to basically just share lessons learned and, and help set up like how to uh, guides and methods for people to hopefully avoid some of the issues that her and her friends have experienced during their transition. Uh, and also, uh, is involved with a group called Saving Sailors, which I've talked about a few times on this podcast as well, that it's a private Facebook group. Uh, I've since our, since our discussion have, have looked that up and made sure that that was accurate, but it's private right now, but they have a page that you can like, and you can also message that page to ask to be added to the group. Um, and then you can reach out to people like me or be able to get access to that. Uh, you have to like be invited to join it, but it's a Facebook group that is built around the concept of just mental health awareness and uh, coping mechanisms and just like creating a place where you can go and have a discussion as a starting point and just kind of vent, uh, get maybe some advice, relay stories and just be in a group of humans that understand where you're at and, and can empathize and hopefully help uh, in ways just by discussing it. it it's really cool. Uh, it's founded by a group of people, uh, including her. And I, I'm a really big fan of it. That's where I met uh, Chief Jason Thompson that we did a podcast with, a thoroughly run through episode. Uh, and that's where I, I kind of, I, between just like the to-go shore platform and then Saving Sailors is how I, uh, I linked up with her as well. So doing really cool things. Um, I, I'm super excited to be able to talk to her, not just because uh, she's an interesting human, but because of the things that she's doing. I think it's really cool that, again, anytime somebody finds a space that just requires somebody to do something about a problem and or create like a function or a mechanism for for sailors, especially, but just people to figure out how like a way around something or a solution to something or, or just creating a resource for people that that helps. Uh, it was really cool. Uh, it was fun. It was a fun discussion. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. Awesome. All right. So like we talked about, right, uh, just give me your background first, um, like when you joined the Navy, what you did in the Navy, et cetera, and then uh, leading up to you separating. And then we'll we'll go from there because I know that that point is going to be something that we're going to talk about and then transition into like how you ended up doing what you're doing now. Right. Okay. So um, my name is Bieta Batista. Uh, I was in the Navy for 10 years. I joined back in 2009, right after, uh, right after I graduated high school, basically when all my friends were going to college, it was just time just right that I went to boot camp. It was, I, I, uh, I depped in halfway through my senior year. I, I oh, knew okay. I wasn't going to college. I, <laughs> I, uh, I'm not good at school. I'm yeah. really not doing well now that it's like, I'm taking online college. It's like terrible. I really need to sit in the classroom, but anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so I joined in 09, uh, went to A school in Great Lakes, uh, 
to be a GSE. Um, okay. And uh, what was it? Yeah, my first duty station was uh, in Norfolk. So spent some time over there and uh, didn't, I wasn't on my ship for very long uh, before. It was, I was there for about a year before okay. I got pregnant. And okay. uh, yeah, so I mean, I think that's that was like a, a huge thing that shaped my career because if I didn't have a young kid, like I wouldn't yeah. have made all the decisions that I've made. But um, yeah, so... You know, here I am in Norfolk GSC three Batista, um, <laughs> trying to figure out whether I should uh, re-enlist or not because I was coming up to the um, to where uh, I was up for orders. This yeah. was in 2013 because my daughter was born 2012, so they give you like a year and they put you right back at sea. And yeah. um, what was it? So yeah. I decided that uh, I didn't join the Navy just to get pregnant, so <laughs> I re-enlisted, uh, went back to sea, um, got orders to San Diego, which is where I'm from, so I thought, okay. oh, cool, like, I'll take these That's orders. That's perfect, yeah. Yeah. I, I'd so, imagine that eased the, like, stress. I, I mean, I don't know what your structure was, but, like, I was going to ask, like, how did you, because if you're going back to sea did childcare like factor in at all? Cause like, I know uh, a couple of friends of mine, it's like they, my, like one of my really good friends is a senior chief that her daughter is, I think she's 10. Um, but she has to like live with her parents in a totally different state while she's on sea duty. And like, she sees her whenever she gets to go on leave. And I'm like, that melts my brain. Like, I don't know yeah. the stress of doing that. Like, so what was the situation like for you with like the childcare piece while you're on sea duty? So, um, at the time, uh, I was married to my daughter's father and part of me thinks that I literally only married him because I didn't want to pay to move him. I don't know if that's the best reason to get married. Um, so as you can imagine, uh, that wasn't the best move. Um, (laughs) but yeah, so my family's in San Diego. I'm from San Diego. I'm from San Diego. I grew up here. Um, I checked in uh, to my ship on deployment. We were in Japan. And literally the day I checked in, they were like, oh, we're having an all hands call. And uh, the all hands call they put out, hey, uh, the rumors you guys have been hearing are are true. We're home port shifting to Hawaii. And I was like, oh, Okay, so I uh, call yeah, so I call uh, call my husband. And I'm like, hey, all the stuff that uh, we're getting from Norfolk, uh, don't bother unpacking because yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, so I came back from deployment um, to go straight into like a training cycle and a home port shift and yeah. into another deployment right after we got to Hawaii. So that was just like, I don't know, I guess at the time I didn't think it was that bad, but looking back Mm -hmm. on it, it was kind of rough. Yeah. But at the time you're just kind of living in the moment. So, right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I got back from that deployment and uh, I just had a lot of issues with my husband where I realized 
this this isn't the best situation for me or my daughter so um uh so we got um what was it we 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 separated initially on like honestly like i've been dragging my feet on the divorce papers we're still technically married and it's been like five years (laughs) but anyway um so he moved out and that that was kind of um when i really started thinking about like oh i can't do this i can't like i you know i i need to get out i need to be home for my daughter because yeah yeah, because I was in Hawaii where I didn't really have anyone and her dad wasn't really around, which is wild because it's an island. Like, where else are you? Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, I'd, I'd ask him to take her on duty days and he just was, I don't know, he was busy somehow. With, I don't know. I, I, I get it, like with schoolwork or whatever, but it just yeah. wasn't really like... I don't know. It's like once a week. Like, can you? And, and yeah. He, yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah. So that was back in 2016. And that was when I was, when I thought I was going to get out the first time. <laughs> so um, I started, um, you know, planning to get out. And uh, I mean, at this point, I was already first class because I was a GSE like everyone always mm. makes fun of us because our advancement rate was like a hundred percent or whatever oh, but, okay. <laughs> so I was like five years in the Navy and I was a GSE one but um yeah so everyone's telling me like oh you're making a big mistake don't you want to put on anchors this and that yeah. um yeah and I was like nope I don't care <laughs> about any of that and um yeah. what was it but it was really hard uh, trying to coordinate, like finding a job, finding a place to live when you're on an island, like a uh, you know a couple thousand miles away. I don't like I'm not good at geography, but it, Hawaii is far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had a really hard time with it when I was I was in Washington State. I was an eleven and a half year chief when I was at the end of my third enlistment. And I was like, I'm getting out. Like, I was like, I don't, (laughs) I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and I tried, I like, I at the time for whatever reason, I had this romanticized idea in my head of what it would be like, but I really wanted to be a cop in like a big city. Like I wanted to, I thought it would be something that would fulfill me in the same way as it's like the sense of purpose kind of thing, but I wouldn't have to go to sea and I wouldn't have to deal with some of the other stuff. So I was like, I just got this idea in my head um, that I wanted to be a cop. And, but like I, the application process and screening and everything else takes forever. And I was like real paranoid about, I didn't want to get out without a job lined up. And it was just like, I couldn't get anything done in the amount of time that I had left and stuff like that. And I was like stressing out and, right. and yeah. obviously ended up sticking around. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of what ended up happening with me was that I just couldn't get anything lined up. And um, and I'm really bad at interviews in the first place, but I'm extra bad at phone interviews. Like, and I just <laughs> I just say really dumb stuff like I, really? <laughs> I interviewed I interviewed uh, for a job at the so ideally I was trying to get back to San Diego. But at that point, I was just trying to get any job. Uh, yeah. So I interviewed for the Daisy Sour Cream Factory in Dallas, Texas. And oh, wow. uh, what was it? I 
I don't know. I said something really dumb to them. And I was like, well, <laughs> not getting that job. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, what was it? Yeah. And then, uh, I think I had an interview that went really well of, mm. of all places with, uh, Chuck E. Cheese here in San Diego. And it was, uh, it was a technical manager position. So, they were telling me about the job and I was like, this literally sounds like everything I do right now. Yeah. They're like, they're like, yeah, you're responsible for the preventative and corrective maintenance of all the rides and games and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And, um, and I was like, yeah, that, that sounds really familiar. And, yeah. and I was like, Hey, how is a, how's your maintenance scheduled? And they were like, Oh, well we have a book of uh, maintenance checks that need to be done quarterly and monthly yeah. and daily. I was like, this is literally what I do now. Like yeah, sign me is, up. Yeah. <laughs> Easy day. And, um, they're like, yeah, and you'll be in a management position. So you'll have to be, you know, good with, um, you know, like the, the, these kids who like, it's, it's their first job and they're like 17. They don't really yep. care about anything except for paying for their next, for their next pair of shoes. So or for exactly their what I do right now. <laughs> Got like, it. Right. I was like, okay. Um, yeah. That's but, funny. Yeah. So, but what happened was I got the offer letter at the same exact time as I got orders to my next ship which I didn't even apply for orders. They just kind of shoved orders in my yeah. face because yep. I, I think I was at that point. It was like, what, yeah. like six months Waiting prior to your PRD. Yeah. And um, and I, I could have still gotten out, but I was like, well, all I wanted was to go back home to San Diego and this ship is in San Diego. So I ended up doing back-to-back -back sea duty because I didn't care. I just wanted to go home. Like, I, I wasn't thinking clearly. I was like, I just, I just want to go home. Um. So I did that, um, and uh, yeah, I mean the the same kind of thing. I was I was I was on sea duty, and we were doing inspections all the time. We were underway for a lot of the time. Like even though I was home, I wasn't home. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I just kind of felt like my daughter was growing up without me. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Uh, what was it? Oh, and back in 2016, when this whole thing first started, that's when I first started seeing mental health it was, uh, you know, kind of the same thing. Um, just feelings of inadequacy and, yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, what was it? And I think when I got to San Diego, I was supposed to do some kind of thing to follow up, to continue my treatment or whatever it was. And I didn't. Cause I'm not good at mm. that <laughs> and yeah. I don't talk to people. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I, then I was on my ship for about a year or so before all this old stuff just kind of started creeping up again. And I just didn't feel like I was being a good parent. I didn't feel like I was being a good sailor and it was like, yeah. well, something has to give. So, right. I figure, you know, like, what, like 20 years from now, like, who's actually still going to be around? My daughter. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but yep. yeah. So that was, that was kind of the, the decision making process for me. And so how did it go? I guess like we talked before about how I was going to lay this out, but I think it'd probably make more sense to talk about like 
the decision making process for separating and like how that went for you. And then we can talk about like how, I mean, how we both experienced like, and and is it right or is it wrong? Like the pressures of like people Mm -hmm. telling you that it's better to stay in or what, but how did it go for you when you were starting to vocalize that, Hey, I'm a 10 year first class and I'm, I'm going to separate from the Navy. Oh, they hardcore guilt tripped me and used my daughter uh, to do that. They were like, oh, well, how are you going to provide? Yeah. How how are you going to provide for your daughter? What are you going to do about insurance? Like this and that, like how, I don't know, just kind of that stuff. I had like, so back in uh, like the, my, my last trip back in like Mm. 2016, I, I did have a chief who was like really supportive, um, you know, kind of like you, who was, who was like, oh, well, you know, whatever you want to do, I'll support you. But, um, yeah, but this, I mean, that last trip I was on, it was like, from the moment I checked on board, there was kind of like this kind of, um, what was it? I don't want to say maybe it was kind of a bias, but I don't I don't know if they knew that I was going to th- I think I, I think I was pretty vocal about the fact that yeah. I was going to get out before. Okay. So there was there was already this um, uh, this view of me that like, oh, like she doesn't actually want to be in the Navy. So I was, yeah. I was, I was created kind of differently. <laughs> even the and that that's what I hate. I absolutely hate about that. Exa- that bias that exists and it's like i kind of understand why it exists but it's not right and what i mean by that is like we'll go into ranking boards or like we'll be talking about like maps especially like um but either way like eps maps that kind of awards whatever and they'll be like uh there will inevitably be somebody that's like oh well that person's separating so and it's like yeah (laughs) who cares like if if uh, GSE one, like for instance, like say I'm in a sailor of the quarter board and GSE one's nominated and is clearly the best candidate for the award, but they're separating a month after that award's given out. You'll hear people say, well, it's not going to do anything for her. So we'll just give it to the next best thing. And it's like, it, it, that's not what this is. This is a <laughs> merit based process. That's recognition for their performance during the last quarter who performed at the highest level during the last quarter. Clearly it's GSE one because we just had that conversation. So the they're separating from the military piece isn't, that's not in the calculus at all. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about. And I've been in that position a bunch of times where we're talking, even talking about mapping someone that's probably the most like vehemently opposed by certain (laughs) people is like, because you're going to promote somebody. And it's like, look, this is a meritocracy. Like it's a merit-based process. So if if Sailor X that says they're going to separate is clearly the choice based on all of the criteria for which we evaluate them, then they're they're the choice, period. And oddly, what you find is that when you approach it from the perspective of I'm just going to do what's best for you no matter what, and if that includes helping you set yourself up for separation or counseling you through whatever processes, or you're a super digit that wants to stay around for 37 million (laughs) years, then I'm going to do that. And what you find is everybody, including me up to my 11 and a half year point was separating at every reenlistment point. And at 11 and a half years, I was a chief and I was like, Nope, I'm done. And I was going to separate from the military. And what, what I found was everybody's doing that. And when you treat them with the respect and like with the 
authentic like care and you you're talking to them from that perspective where you're like oh you want to separate and go sharpen pencils at chuck e cheese or whatever it is <laughs> like okay i'm here for you and i'm going to i'm going to help you be the best pencil sharpener there is what you, what you'll find is that those people feel like valuable contributing members of your organization and they feel like their leadership cares about them and they start to value the organization and the job that they're doing and they're like maybe this is what i want to do like maybe that maybe they were going to get there anyway but like to retain the the people we want to retain, if you approach it from that angle, a lot of times what you find is that they start to think to themselves, well, this this leader values me and, and the organization values me. And like you map a kid that was talking about getting out of the Navy and they get mapped and then now they're like a second class and they're like, oh, well, now I'm a second class and I'm making more money and I'm going to be eligible for first class in a couple of years. Maybe I'll go to shore duty and just see what happens. You know what I mean? And it's like, if the goal is retention, like which if we want the organization to be better, we want to retain the best and brightest. Some of those end up getting out because of of the perspective you were just talking about. It's like mm-hmm. if you just treat them like normal people and like you do what good <laughs> leaders do and take care of them and set them up for success in whatever they're vocalizing is like their desired path. Sometimes that's going to shape their path in a different direction. Sometimes it's not. And and you're just going to continue going down that road of being a good leader and a good human being and taking care of them and setting them up for success. And quote unquote, worst case scenario, they separate from the military and go on to be really great ambassadors for all the kids that they meet that are considering joining the military and talk right. to them about their experience. Right. That's like the worst case scenario when you're approaching it from a retention perspective is like worst case scenario. I lose them anyway, but they have this really great experience and they have like a positive view of leadership and the organization as a whole. And they go and communicate that to, Mm -hmm. I don't even know how many people, you know what I mean? And it's just like, I, it blows my mind that more people don't approach it from that perspective because I've had a lot of sailors separate from the military and go on to do really successful, like be really successful on the path that they choose. And then I've had a bunch of people that were positive. They were getting out of the military that have stuck around and done great things. Like, I've talked about before I've had I had two cooks on I was on a special project submarine whose mission it was to be at sea all the time like we our op tempo was absurd and you when you put a first term sailor in that situation retention's not going to be good like they didn't get to see the world they didn't get to do anything like cool like have cool experiences all they did was this mission and so these kids naturally wanted to separate from the military. And uh, I talked to him about their intentions was like, hey, like, what do you guys want to do? Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, we're getting out. This is stupid. I'm like, well, what do you want to do? Like, what are you what are you going to do when you get out? And they didn't really know. And then eventually through conversation, it came to light that like, well, we want to be CTs, but that everybody keeps telling us no and that that can't happen. I was like, oh, well, jokes on you guys. I'm the career counselor, too. So let's talk. <laughs> and it turns out there was and and I th- I don't know if it's still around or not, but there was a they called it score. It was um, basically reenlist to convert your rating. Yeah. And I talked to them about it. I'm like, look, the worst case scenario is they say no. And then you guys separate from the military anyway. But we can put in a score package and you can say, well, this is the only rating I want to do. And if you want to keep me in the Navy, you're going to convert me. And if not, the the premise of the program is if they say no, then you just you you separate. You're not reenlisting no matter what. You're reenlisting with this like contingency like this. This has to happen or it's voided and I'm just going to separate. Mm-hmm. 
And so one of them was like, there were two different flavors of CT, but they both put in packages to be the flavor of CT they wanted to be. <laughs> and both got approved and both are chiefs right now in the Navy. And it's like funny how that works when yeah. you just like take care of a sailor and help them pursue what they really want, which sometimes you got to pull it out of them. But once you get what they really want, it's like if I go down that road and I make the Navy tell me no, sometimes they're not going to say no. And I have two chiefs in the Navy right now doing great things, super happy about where they're at in their life and valuable contributing members of this organization that would not have happened if I was just like, no, you just need to reenlist. Like you need to stick around, blah, 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 and tried to hammer it into them and then failed because I would have because that's, mm -hmm. this isn't what they wanted to do and they were miserable. And then they would have separated and we would have lost those two guys. And it's just like, what what sense does that make? What do we gain by trying to like guilt trip somebody into staying in the Navy no matter what and not having those types of conversations with them? Like, you're you're going to gain two disgruntled sailors that post memes on Reddit about how awful chiefs are. That's, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's fine. Yeah. And, and, I mean, I, who would notice if there was two more yeah. that were just right? blasting chiefs? And it's like, it's, yeah. there'll never be a shortage. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. But, yeah. No, I, I noticed I, I noticed that same thing where I, I, I'd have uh, sailors that would tell me like, oh, I want to get out. I want to get out. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, are you sure? Like what like what is it that you actually want to do? And it yeah. it wasn't that they wanted to get out. It was like, well, they joined the Navy to go like hunt pirates. And here they are turning <laughs> wrenches. And I'm like, OK, well, yeah. we'll see how we can get you hunting pirates or something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know For if sure. we really do that anymore, but <laughs> I think I, I joined the Navy um, around the time of the whole Captain Phillips thing. So pirate hunting was still a like. Oh, a, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think there's a real concern, too, that like. I think a lot of times and it, not that there's not people who just blindly um, guilt trip because they think it's like retention's part of their job. Like if you read our evals and you look at the traits and you read the little subcategories, retention is one of the things that chiefs are evaluated on um mm -hmm. e6 is r2 right so it's like yeah but i so i think that like part of it is like it's built into us to be concerned about that but the way in which we express that concern i don't think it's it's done as like productively as it could because like a lot of times I think chiefs have conversations with junior sailors and there's when they say things like, well, how are you going to provide for your child? Like that's a genuine concern they have for you is like, what's your plan? Because like, I don't, when I have that conversation with a sailor, like when they're talking about getting out, it's like, okay, like, what do you want to do? Like, what's your plan? Because yeah. I don't care if you want to be a, a, like a lion tamer or like a, <laughs> you want to run away to the circus. Like, okay. Like, let's look into that. What's the process? Like, are there is there a school you have to go to? How much money are you going to make? Are you going to be able to provide for your child? And it's like, because that's a very real concern. And like you were just saying, it's like, as you distilled it down to like, what's going to be there in 30 years, and you're thinking about it, it's like the priority is your daughter. So like, what are you going to be able to do? And so I think a lot of times, I, I talk about it a lot where like, I view my sailors as my kids, right? Like I say that a lot. And somebody I I, I I probably beat up on this guy too much. I don't actually say who it is, but there's somebody on Reddit that was like telling me that I shouldn't say that. And I thought about it because like I, I bring that I, I really do consider that feedback. And I'm like, like, should I be saying something the way that I am? And how is it affecting people? And is it creating barriers to, to me communicating with the people, the target audience? But like 
I thought about it and I'm like, no, no, that's the right term because like the way that I look at, it, especially not having children is like, like I invest in these kids, which a lot of them are actually kids when I get yeah, them. like straight out of I, high I, school. Yeah. I, I, won't I, I, de- I feel the same way. <laughs> yeah, I have yeah. a hard time debating that. It's like, yeah, sure, they're legally an adult at 18, but they don't know how to buy a car, write a check, or do anything else that adults do. So like, and they have the emotional maturity of a 12-year-old a lot of the time. So I'm just like, <laughs> like, come, I'm I'm finishing them into a, into adults. And so it's like, they're kids. Like, they, they are. I was a kid when I was 18. Like, come on. Yeah. So, but also I look at them, and this is the reason why I wasn't willing to change my mind about it, is like, I look at them like they're my kids. Like, I invest in them. And I like care about them like they're my kids. Like a couple of my juniors that got out after that special projects platform are coming to my wedding. Like like they're <laughs> they're important people to me and I invest in them on that level. And it's just like so I, I view them that way. And so when I ask a question like that, I think I think that at this point, I'm pretty good at articulating myself in a way that you're going to walk away understanding that I it's it's a genuine care for you and a concern for your success and your ability to take care of your family and et cetera, if you do separate. But like, I think a lot of times an emotional reaction will be construed as anger or like frustration. And it's like, really? Like you're going to get out? Like, how are you going to take care of your daughter? Like, and yeah, it's, it's a, almost like a, a, <laughs> I'm, I'm attacking sorry, you or something, but it's like, that's, I, I don't mean it like that, but that's how it comes across. And so that's how it's perceived is just this jerk is attacking me. And, basically questioning my ability to take care of my child like i'm definitely not going to listen to you now but in reality i think it it could be from a good place i i agree there's there's a definite um i'm really sensitive to tone of voice so there's Mm -hmm. a definite a definite different to how you said it and how it was said to me yeah (laughs) um yeah (laughs) i've heard it done that way too and i yeah i i can i definitely understand that it's probably being perceived as like wholly negative and like that this person's just attacking me. And, and a lot of times I would even think that it's like, it's perceived as like, Oh, well you're saying that if I got out, I'd fail. <laughs> like I wouldn't yeah. be able to take care of my family. And it's just like, I'll show you, you know, but <laughs> in reality, it's like, I think it's just like a passionate reaction to someone they care about. And it's not, I'm sure it's not always the case. Like I'm sure some yeah. of those redditors that you're talking about are rolling their eyes and queuing <laughs> up memes right now. But like the the vast majority of the time, I can say from experience and a bunch of different messes that most, if not like, I would say like the vast majority of chiefs like genuinely care about their sailors and and are trying. If if they're they may be failing. They may be doing it wrong. They may be doing it in a way that's perceived negatively. And I'm not like saying those things aren't true. Um, but the vast majority of them are trying to do what's best. You know, they think that they think they're doing what's best for their sailors. And so it's like when they communicate something that way, if they react emotionally and, and communicate it in the way that you, that you experience, it's like most people aren't showing up to work. Like I'm going to, I'm going to treat all my sailors like crap today. Like watch this. Like (laughs) that's not, it's not happening. Like you got to consider the human being that's on the other end of that conversation, all the crazy stressors that are on them too. Who knows what they're going through. And then somebody they care deeply about, it's tells them that they're going to separate from the military, which for them has been the only like safe place that has been successful and provided for their family for 20 years. And it's like, and you're saying that you're going to go outside the lifelines of the thing that they can control to make sure that you're taken care of and go into all this uncertainty that a lot of them have never really experienced anyway. And it's like, 
they're freaking out. They're like, oh my God, no, like that's, that's the bad place. Like you don't want to go there. You want to stay here where it's safe and warm. And so it's like, they're concerned. They're genuinely concerned for you, but they're going to react like negatively and it's freak out and be like, no, you can't, that's a bad idea. You can't do that. So I think it's, that's probably the feeling that is happening, but they're just doing a crap job of communicating it, you know? Yeah. Have you ever seen uh, Moana? I've seen part of it, if not all of it. I know I've seen part of it. Okay, yeah, because yeah. th- I'm pretty sure that came out in 2016, and mm. it was like the most perfect movie to come out at that time. Like I felt like yeah. it was made for me because it was like <laughs> me. It was about this girl who like oh her family wants her to stay on this island and become mm-hmm. the chief and she just wants to go out like to see what's <laughs> beyond the island and they fucking won't let me <laughs> <laughs> that's funny uh, i didn't you, that out <laughs> oh, that's fine that's fine um yeah i didn't see I, I now that you say that it's strangely appropriate but like <laughs> i definitely didn't um i definitely didn't like put that together when i did see, i think i saw Cause my, my wife is like, like a lot of Disney movies and stuff. And yeah. uh, So like I'll occasionally watch like some of the older ones with her. Um, but yeah, I want to say we started watching it and I don't think I finished it. I I fall asleep sometimes during stuff like that too. I'm old. Yeah. uh, Yeah. So how did, uh, like, cause you were in the midst of like the mental health counseling and then you, you, during the time you were about to separate, you, you stopped, right? Like you didn't go back, you said, or were oh, you back yeah, at when, it at that point? Uh, in between, uh, my PCS from Hawaii to San Diego, mm. uh, yeah, I just stopped seeing mental health. They were like, oh yeah, once you get back, to, uh, get to San Diego, you have to go, um, go, uh, you know. Uh, and I didn't know what the process was, so okay. I went to um, I went to mental health like at medical in San Diego, and I was like, "Hey, uh, I was seeing mental health over in Hawaii. How do I start getting seen here?" And they're like, "Oh, well, you need a you need a referral from uh, your PCM or whatever." And then at right. the time, I just like we our our HMC wasn't like the best, and no one wanted to talk to her, and. Yeah. Uh, I also didn't want to talk to her, <laughs> so I just didn't. And okay. um, what was it? But around the around the same time that I checked in, actually, it wasn't. It was, it was actually probably several months after. Like you know how uh, sometimes you check in and then you don't go through in doc until like five yeah, or six months later. after you check into the command. Yeah. So that's what happened with me and our new HMC had come on. Uh, uh, and uh, had just checked on board and uh, he was going through Indoc with me. And um, during Indoc, he mentioned um, how how passionate he was about like mental health stuff and suicide mm-hmm. awareness and this and that because he lost his best friend to suicide. So yeah. I was like, okay, the, that, that's a guy I can talk to. So yeah. um, I think, yeah, I mean, eventually, like anytime I was having like a rough time on the ship, I'd go like, I'd go see him like okay. and he just he just like let me sit in the corner and like <laughs> I don't know yeah he's a good guy I miss him <laughs> yeah I was gonna ask like how the process and like stress of can like going through it and then having people kind of give you those guilt trips affected you in that way like as you were transitioning out uh yeah oh well shoot well, so actually, I mean, I was on my ship for a year and I ended up going limb do 
due to oh, okay. mental health reasons. Yeah, yeah. I think I glossed over that part. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, gonna say we didn't we didn't talk about that. Yeah, because yeah, because I was only on that ship for about a year, and then I left, and okay. everyone's like, "Oh, where'd she go?" Because I was supposed to gotcha. be there until I was supposed to be there until like two thousand. 21 which now doesn't seem so far away but it seemed like forever oh god but, yeah, um, that's a long time yeah so uh what was it yeah i was just uh having really bad like symptoms i guess of like because i don't i mean i mean i don't know like what your experience is with like anxiety and depression and all that but like you can only ignore things for so long until they start to affect you physically like you can't sleep you can't breathe you can't you're just like in a constant state of panic um yeah so um i think i mentioned that uh what was it oh actually i went to hmc and i was like hey uh i'm having a hard time sleeping i'm i'm waking up like 10 times a night instead of my usual like five times a night um <laughs> can uh can I go like do a sleep study for sleep apnea or whatever and um and he was like you know I'm pretty sure this is like your anxiety and I think I I, I think you should go see um what was it um oh he put in a referral for me um for mental yeah. health but okay. I have a really hard time making phone calls like initiating conversation is like I'm just like uh, so as a kid, I, I actually, um, I, I was diagnosed with something called selective mutism, which is more of like, um, it's more of an anxiety disorder than anything, but it, it meant that I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't talk to like the only person, uh, I was comfortable talking to growing up was my sister. So yeah. I didn't even talk to my parents. Um, wow. yeah. And I didn't even, so it wasn't until I was probably in high school that I really started talking more, but, yeah. um, yeah, so um what was it? Yeah, um the 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 big issue that they identified with me when I was a kid was that I can't initiate conversation. And yeah. uh you know, to some degree I still have a lot of trouble doing that now and my big thing is I can't make phone calls. <laughs> if like if I absolutely have to, like if my if someone's life depended on it, then I, then I can make a phone call. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. uh and it's not lost on me the irony that I'm like I I'm hosting a podcast now, but <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say I was thinking that in my head. I'm like it's pretty impressive that you're able to do that if that's cuz like I I definitely like when I was a kid, I similar but not as severe, like I I just didn't, it was a stranger's thing mostly. Like I, I had like a lot of anxiety with just talking to people I didn't know. And especially like, like if I had to like go up and knock on a door and like of somebody I didn't know, like we had a paper route when I was a kid and uh, back when that was still a real thing. And like, it was, <laughs> it was like my mom would want me to like go up and knock on the door and like to get payment or whatever. And I'd like, it was I'd like freeze and I, I'd freak out. I'd be sweating. Like I just hate doing it. And like, even to this day, like I'm a lot more comfortable texting or like just doing something else besides calling somebody on the phone, which I've gotten to the point where like I can force myself pretty easily to do it. But it's like, if I can avoid it, I generally will. Like if it's not, I, and I kind of, I don't know, like I have this thought progression in my head where it's like I kind of know when I need to do it and it's like when I know I need to do it I just do it um, right. but 
I it's it took me a long time to get good at that. And I definitely um I don't know, like it was weird and it still is because like I think I could like I think about when I retire and it's like I don't have the demand of being a chief because that's what <laughs> a lot of what helped me get to that point. It's like when I can just like withdraw and I don't have to do any of those things anymore. Like I I'm kind of scared of like what's going to happen because I feel like <laughs> I'd be totally happy. Like, like we were talking about earlier, like living in a van down by the river and never talking to anybody <laughs> again. And I'd be fine with that. So it's kind of like something that I think about where I'm just like, I got to make sure that I don't allow that to happen. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I definitely do that. And it's like, even, even, um, with the podcast, it's like, I prefer Zencaster. Like we were talking about earlier, I use this platform because like I don't have to look at people when I talk like because I, I don't want I don't like I don't like having my face on that on the thing like it's like I yeah. I would prefer to do it this way which like I did one um, I've been on a few other podcasts where I did one with Jeff Bayless where we did one on zoom or whatever where he could see my face and he prefers it that way because he likes to see who he's talking to and I, it was fine like I did it but a lot of the times I wasn't looking directly at him because it's just like it's just more comfortable for me. I don't know why it's just a thing that I've never, <laughs> I've never loved like doing it. It's just always been kind of weird for me. Yeah, I get that. Not, on, not on that level though. Like I've never, <laughs> cause my wife has bad anxiety and like, for oh, me, really? it's like, like I have it and it's like, there's times where it gets bad. Um, but it's not like, it's usually just situational. Like the, I, when I, I, one of the biggest examples that I would give is like, I used to stand what's called diving off to the watch on a submarine. And it's something that it's very much like you have safety of ship in your hands for eight hours. And it's like, I'm the guy responsible for driving the submarine and giving orders that make the submarine go up, down, left, right, like doing things that could kill people if i did it wrong and so it's like i could i could be responsible for a ship's collision and it's just like i that kind of responsibility where it's like i literally like there's there's risk of life and limb if i screw this up i hate it i I hate (laughs) having that type of responsibility and it's just because and I, i i suppose if it was something that i felt like i was like a super high level expert with lots of experience at I, it, that would probably mitigate it some, but like for some reason with this standing, this watch, like even though I had people tell me I was doing really well and I had my commanding officer was like, you're pretty good at this. Calm down. Like I, I just never got to a place mentally where I was, I believed it. And so I would like, I had trouble sleeping and I had like knots and stuff in my stomach all the time. And like I would sit up the day before and look at the night orders and, figure out what we were doing the next day and be studying a thing I already knew back in front. And cause, cause mm-hmm. I was like so panicked about like screwing it up and being the guy that was responsible for whatever, you know, whatever terrible thing happened as a result of me screwing it up. And it was, that was like, it usually the anxiety is situational for me where when it gets bad, it's, that's what it is. It's like space. Yeah. And when that stressor goes away, I'm okay. But, um, yeah. but my wife but- is like, yeah, she has a hard time with it. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that, that is stressful though. Your, your stuff is just yeah. like, wow. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah I mean, and I'm it, nervous uh, enough. I, I was nervous enough, like standing in the watch where I was like in charge of, you know, the whole, like the entire ship's electricity. It was like, right. I was like, I, I, yeah, like I couldn't, like, I never, um, 
got to be like e hour or anything but i was like mm. i wouldn't want that <laughs> yeah and i me either and that's what's so crazy and it's like and that that's something that factors into me like considering which now with all my health stuff is probably a moot point but like when i was considering being a cob like when you're the senior enlisted on a summary which i think i would handle that a lot better because most of it's leadership and management of people and that's like my my lane you know and it's like right right <laughs> so i don't i don't know that it would bother me as much but a component of that job is you're supposed to be like the subject matter expert and like supervisor of diving officers of the watch right so like i'm mm-hmm. i'm up in up in control every time the ship goes to periscope depth supervising that evolution and that would freak me out you know like because if something goes horribly wrong everybody's gonna be looking at me like what the what happened Cobb? and i'm just like <laughs> i'm the cook chief i don't know like what happened is i don't i suck at this i told you guys going in but yeah it's like a weird component of it that i'm like supposed to be the expert on that and that would freak yeah me out. Um, um good sorry go ahead oh i was trying to figure out how we got on this subject oh i, I did squirrels was, man squirrels, squirrels. I chase squirrels yeah i i think i was talking about how i couldn't make the phone call uh to yeah, mental health. yeah, yeah. it was like he'd made he, he'd made me a referral like three times and none of those times did i actually make the phone call yeah and there was finally this one day where he was like hey there's um there's this walk-in clinic that just opened up it's mm-hmm. right near the commissary it's called uh the mood clinic i don't know have you heard of it i know chief Khan ha- has mentioned yeah it. grant Khan. yeah he mentioned it i haven't heard of it in our area we have an embedded mental health clinic it's okay. similar where you can kind of walk in um where they have it down on the waterfront and then they have it up at the regular medical clinic and it's it sounds oh, okay. like it's similar it's similar in function but yeah it's like a walk-in thing you don't need a referral and appointment and it could be like they'll evaluate you and and then you can come back and get follow on appointments and stuff like that. But Okay, yeah. That, I mean, that's pretty much how that worked. So, okay. um, yeah, he was like, yeah, there's this new clinic that just opened up. Uh, you should go over there. And, you know, I had this brochure in my hand for probably another few months because I was putting it off because yeah. the mission comes first and my sailors come mm-hmm. first and <laughs> everyone else has appointments. I can wait. And, yeah. <laughs> um. And I think one day I finally went and I didn't even uh, like I still had to drag myself off the ship to uh, to to be able to go. I was like, I because I, I don't like leaving in the middle of the day. I just feel like yep. there's still work to be done. <laughs> I don't like I like I can't let myself leave if everyone else is still working. Um, yeah. But I went um, and when I got there, uh, I, I, I still sat in the parking lot for another hour and I was like, I don't want to do this. Yeah, yeah I do. No, I don't. <laughs> and I, uh, <laughs> by the time I convinced myself to go inside, they were on lunch. So I had to wait another hour, um, before I was actually seen. And, yeah. um, so I go in there and, uh, as much as I like to tell people, oh, like I'm dead inside, I'm not. I'm like, uh, my Myers Briggs type is an INFP, so I feel things really <laughs> intensely. And um, yeah. anytime I start talking about like what's going on with me, I just start bawling. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> so I was like, yeah, like you know, like I'm just really stressed out. This is, you know, this is happening. This is happening, and like, 
on top of all this, like, I, I don't know, like, my rate is for whatever reason, like, 100% to chief, and I don't think I'm gonna make it, and guess what, I didn't make it at 100%, <laughs> but that, like, that, like, I was relieved when I didn't make it, I was like, holy wow. but, um. <laughs> Did you not make board or something? Like, because I, I thought if, if it was that big of a quota, like, everybody made it. Yeah, I know. That's why everyone was like, how do you not make it? <laughs> yeah, that's bizarre. It was, Um, I'm pretty sure it was like, I was missing stuff in my record. Okay. There was like, yeah, yeah. um, I don't know how huge the PRT score is, but I assume it's pretty huge if it's missing and you don't have a good reason because I had a PRT score yeah. missing from well, 2016. Oh, what's that? It's only visible on your evals, so it's... Like they don't, they can't see prims at the board. It's a common misconception. So it's oh, like, really? yeah, they can't see incepts. They can't see prims. All they can see is your own PF. And it's like field co- codes 30 through 36. It's like the, your performance awards, stuff like that. Administrative remarks. Um, and oh. then they can see, so they see own PF, they see your uh, PSR, which if you go on like BOL, there's a link to it. And all it is is like some a- administrative data and a summary of your evals, like performance mark average, individual trade average, that kind of thing. And then they can see your package that you submit and that's it. Right. So it's like you, yeah, they don't see any of those things um, uh, like at the board. Like they're not able to view incepts. They're not able, able to view prims. So unless there was some goofiness with your evals, but I mean, you could, I, I think I had, I mean, there was, there had to have been something like a few things missing and I didn't mm, care yeah. enough to correct it. It was, it, it right. was something like that because back in uh, 2016, when I reenlisted, I was so close to separating. Uh, Cause you know how, when, uh, when you reenlist, they tell you to do it at least 60 days out to, um, you know, to make sure nothing gets jacked up. And if you really, really have to, you can do it like 20 days out, which is what happened with me. I was 20 days away from separating and I was like, no, 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 I'll, I'll stay. And what happened was PSD accidentally, not accidentally, but like they, they processed my separation before they processed my reenlistment. So there was like, like, yeah. So for like the month of February, I just like, wasn't getting paid. I wasn't, I was in the Navy, but I wasn't in the Navy and I had reserve recruiters calling me and I'm like, I'm still active duty. Leave me alone. (laughs) Yeah. You probably had some weirdness in your admin stuff that like made them. Yeah. That I would guess that's probably what it was. Yeah. Oh, so I'm sitting at the mood clinic and um, I'm explaining all this and they're like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, like, we'll set you up with these appointments. And I finally, you know, got my appointments to see a therapist and psychiatrist. Um, and uh, I wasn't on medication before, but I figured I'd try it or whatever. Like, it, it doesn't do anything for me. I'm not on it anymore. But, um, yeah, and that, that, that's basically how... Oh, no, no, no. So I was seeing my therapist for about a year, but I was always underway or busy or something and I wasn't uh, like I, I I'd go like a couple months or so between seeing her and she was like hey like you're I, I feel like you're getting worse and right. I think for this 
therapy to be effective at all you need to be limb do and yeah. i was like no i don't want to do that like yeah. I, I don't know what it was about my ship where we had a lot especially in the engineering department like we had a lot of sailors go limb do for mental health reasons and i didn't even know that was a thing until i got to that ship i, like, yeah. I didn't know that 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 was a thing you could go limb do for i don't know but um i was like no i don't want to be another one of like I don't want to say say another one of those people because I helped those people. Yeah. I, help, I, I, I helped them, you know, go through the process or whatever. Yeah, like, no, I get it. Help, I, but, yeah. but I didn't I, want to be... <laughs> I, I didn't want it's to be a, <laughs> It's a guilt thing with like... I Because I'm the same way where I it freaks me out thinking about it now because like I'm the same way where I was always a guy that was like showing up early, staying late. I never had time for my own stuff. Um, like never... I, I deal with this medical stuff when I'm on shore duty and then I get to shore duty and I have new excuses why I can't deal with it. And so like, as I got to this shore duty that I'm on now, it was like, I, I haven't been able to breathe through my nose for 10 years. Like, and it affects my sleep and like, blah, blah, blah. So I've gotten to a point with age and everything else where I'm like, this could really like have long-term health effects. So let me go. It's my last shore duty. Um, and then I'll probably go back to see as a cop and maybe I stick around to be a CMC or whatever. But like, it's the last shore duty what before all those things. So it's like, and I, I might retire. So I, I really need to get this stuff looked at. And so I got an ENT referral and that's how they figured out I had cancer. And it's just like, yeah. if I hadn't finally made time for my own health stuff, like this tumor was in a place where like, it was just starting to grow up towards my brain. And it's like, yeah. and it's luckily it was, I got super lucky that cause there was like a two year, almost two year gap between me recognizing a symptom that was really bizarre where I was blowing my nose on deployment. And instead of air coming out on the right side, it built up pressure. And I'm like, that's not normal. Like oh, that wow. shouldn't do that. And I went and talked to my doc about it and he's like, could be some other things but yeah it's the deviated septum but it shouldn't really be getting worse so yeah you need to get that looked at i'm like okay so like i just and i still still was just like yeah when i go to shore duty but then we went to the shipyard and i had like three months left and i so I was i asked my doc i'm like hey man give me an ent referral so i can go get this looked at and so i did and that's when they're like yeah you got a badly deviated septum and there's like a growth up there but we'll take that out when we do we'll do that correction it's all good i'm like okay so then they did all this imaging and all the prerequisites for surgery. And then they're like, that's a tumor. <laughs> and they're like, we're going to send you to a different hospital, like a bigger, it was like a bigger military hospital near where I'm at and have like a, a specialist look at it. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So I go up there to this army hospital and the ENT surgeon there looks at it and they're a little more concerned with the tumor. They're like, yeah, deviated septum. Sure. But we'll fix that later. We're, we got to get this tumor out because like, they're like, it's benign. Don't worry about it. Like they kept telling me how benign it was, but they're <laughs> like, we we do need to take it out. Cause it's going to start growing and it'll displace some important things, you know, and like your eye and everything. <laughs> like we need to get that out of there. I'm like, okay, cool. So we scheduled a surgery in the morning of the surgery. They're like, ah, psych, we're not going to take it out. We're just going to take a tissue sample to make sure it's what we think it is because it could be cancer. And that was the first time I heard that. And so like all this snowball effect stuff happened. And it's just like when they got done, they told me they're like, yeah, when we took it out, it was just starting to grow up towards your brain. So they had to go in. They went in through my nose to pull it out, but they had to like take down the barrier between your sinus and your brain to like get it all out and do and it's like if i had blown that off more like if i had done what i classically do 
I could have had an inoperable brain tumor. Like that's crazy to think about. And so it's just like, do they think it was there for before you finally probably, probably a couple years. Like the, the, it was, it's I, and that's what I got. I got spectacularly lucky like that. It was the type of cancer it was, which meant it was a low grade tumor that grows slowly and just like I, we caught it early and stuff like that. Like it, because if it was aggressive and I had waited that long, like who knows, who knows what would have happened? Like I, so it's to think about it like that and to like, to go back to like what you're talking about with like the mental health piece. It's like, if you have that like mental makeup where you're not, you're like, Oh no, I'm going to take one for the team and I'm going to be the one that sacrifices all the time. And I'm going to be the one that gives of myself and I don't got time to take care of myself. Cause I got to take care of everybody else eventually you're going to end up in a place where like something's going horribly wrong. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. this could have killed me and mental health issues kill people all the time because they go untreated. And it's like, it kind of, it's scary to think about like in, even in your situation where like it was allowed to go on as long as it was where they weren't like, no, you need to come to this treatment. And if you don't come to this treatment, we're going to put you limb to instead of like, you just oh yeah when you get to your next command check in with them and they'll take care of you and then you didn't and no one was like beating down your door like that it's scary (laughs) to think about that part you know because they knew you know like yours was like they knew that you needed to at least be talking to somebody at that point and like for me it was like i wasn't complaining about anything so no one knew anything and that's just because i'm an idiot (laughs) and like i didn't (laughs) i didn't go get it looked at because i didn't think it was a big deal because of course it's not because i still think i'm invincible even though i'm in my (laughs) mid-30s it's scary to think about what could have happened and so like it that's one of those like just it's super important if anybody doesn't say like if you take nothing else away from this podcast take away that you need to go get it looked at. You know what I mean? Like you need to take that step towards getting because like worse, like maybe you go have a conversation and they're like, no, you're good. Like you can come back a few more times. We'll talk about some stuff and you're fine. Or they like, there's some other way that they can put you in a more positive situation or get you trending in a more positive direction. Or maybe a mental health professional is like, no, you need to be on limb and we need to work through this. And they put their foot down for you because you're like me and you where you're not willing to make that decision yourself. Like, it's just like, right. cause that's scary to think about. And like, like I've lost friends to mental health issues. I'm, I imagine you have, and it's like, that's not something that's something that's so preventable. Like you don't need a surgeon to go in and take a, take out a tumor. It's like, we have treatment and we know we can do these things and the resources are there and available. It's just like a, you got to, you got to go ask for that. Like take that first step of asking like, Hey, can I need to talk to somebody or I need to, I need to do whatever. Like I need to take that first step towards, um, towards help. And it's just like, thank God my stupid self, like finally (laughs) went and got it. Like, cause that's terrifying to think about that. There's that ticking time bomb. And it's, it's similar, even though mine's physical and it's like, you like, like you're saying like that, those things manifest themselves physically. Like that can be like a crippling thing, like anxiety. I watch my wife all the time and it's just like, there's times where it's just like, she is like in a really bad place because of her anxiety. And it's like, sometimes it's not even like you can't point at something and be like, oh, that's why she's so anxious. It's like, no, like it just happens. And it like manifests itself physically where she feels really bad and like is in physical pain and is like emotionally like wrecked and it's just like well, i don't even know what to do half the time except 
be there. And yeah, it's, it's scary to think about. And it's like, I, I, I always, that's the kind of like the thing is it's like, I just want people to know that it's like, Mm -hmm. just go talk to somebody. I don't even care who it is. Like go talk to somebody and then maybe they can get you to a point where you recognize that, okay, maybe it's time to go talk to like mental health and, and it, you say it and it's almost like, I wish it had a different name. <laughs> like, yeah, cause it's same, the taboos like, <laughs> and, like, cause you say it and it's like, everybody's like, uh, uh-uh. uh, and it's like, it's like a, I wish it was like a more positively viewed function where it's just like, no, it's medical. Like they're there to help you. And I wish it was like universally viewed that way. And there was no stigma or no, everybody wasn't fearing like all the different repercussions it could have on their careers. And, blah 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 like just because it's so necessary yeah i have a i have a friend from a school he's like one of my best friends um Mm. and he uh i mean he's on new ship and he you know was kind of having some yeah the same kind of issues i think just feelings of inadequacy like oh he's been in 10 years but he doesn't feel like he's a good enough fire controlman or whatever it is and I was like, I think, I mean, this has been going on for probably as long as I've known you. Uh, Like, you know, maybe you should see somebody. And we had this, you know, conversation about, like, why he didn't want to. And he was like, oh, I don't want to end up leaving my ship. I don't, like, I don't want to end up getting separated, this and that. And I'm like, I think you should see someone and just see how it goes. And so... Uh, I mean, he's off his ship temporarily now, but last he told me he's going back. So it like, Good. it's, you know, it's, it's not a, everyone thinks it's like a career killer and it's not. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's, what's interesting about the one I did. I was telling you before we started recording with chief Thompson, that's uh, it'll come out right just before this one, but he, uh, same thing. Like he was committed, like he was in a mental hospital for a period of time and he is back on active duty as a bosun's mate chief deploying doing his job and it's just like they're one of the things that he he's he does a way better job of articulating it but it's like one of the things that he said was just like he took a very odd path like through his naval career where he started um as i'm trying i'm gonna butcher it i i forget exactly where he started but he went he went through a bunch of rating conversions for different reasons and one of them was his mental health like the, some of the ways in which he coped with it, like he ended up in a place that his credit wouldn't support a security clearance anymore. And it's like, that's a real thing that can happen is it can affect your security clearance, but like he's still in the Navy. They cross rated him to bosun's mate and he made chief. And he was like, he's out there deploying, contributing valuably. He's, he's happy about it. Like an amazing dude. I highly recommend checking out that episode, but it's like the, uh, yeah, it, he articulated it way better than I can, but it's just like it's a very real possibility that that there are some career implications, but like not in a way that should outweigh you seeking out that help. Because, yeah, there may be like and and his like his where he couldn't support his clearance anymore was were because he didn't go get help earlier. And so some of the self-destructive like coping mechanisms he had, the the consequences of those led to him not being able to support a security clearance anymore but it's like there there are times where it's like whatever happens yeah it might it might affect your career in a way because it's kind of put on pause or you, maybe they decide that you 
can't do that job anymore, but you can do this job. And it's like, how important are those things? Because it's kind of goes back to what you said earlier about like what's left when 20 years after you're out of the military, like what's left? Like you're you, <laughs> your, <Yeah. laughs> your own like mental health, physical health, stability, family, like those are the things that are left over. And it's like whatever you invested at the time to take care of yourself are going to affect how much is left and how happy and like how much vitality you have and like all those things when you get to that point. And so it's like to invest in those things now, it's like if you find yourself in that place, just do it. And the effects that it has are going to be kind of like way secondary in, in like priority, but also like what you'll probably find is that those the experience that you go through to make sure that you're okay and you're in a good place and that you can get back to if if that happens to to being part of the organization and going back to a seagoing unit or whatever in whatever capacity that happens you're going to be better for it like the experience you go through is going to make you a better person it's going to give you perspectives that you didn't have it's going to like alter your priorities in a really healthy way and you're going to end up better for it. You're going to end up better equipped to take care of other sailors coming up that are going through similar things. And it's just like when you talk to people like, like Jason, or you talk to like a guy like Jeff Bayless who went through a really crazy experience, it's like, he's a way better chief now than he ever was at the beginning. Like he was a chief and then he got commissioned as an LDO. And then, there was a bunch of crazy stuff that happened that he didn't deal with to the point that it, he ended up at suicidal ideations and mental health issues. And then the the self-destructive coping mechanisms got him in trouble and he had to revert back to chief um, because he w- ended up going to NJP for a DUI. Mm-hmm. And it's just like he you talk to him now and it's like, does he regret any of it? Not really, because he's a way better human being. He's a way better dad. He's a way better chief. Right. And it's just like, would he would he be in the really healthy place he is in his life had he not gone through all those experiences? It's like, no, like I can't. He's like he definitively looks back on it. He's just like, I'm so much better now. And like and I'm making a way bigger impact. I'm helping people like I'm I'm happier. I'm healthier. Like his all his personal relationships are in a way, way better place. Um, it's just like that those things that people fear are often like a, a process that after going through it and, and it's not always going to be great when it's happening. Like there's going to be, it's going to be difficult, but like when you go through it and come out the other end of it, you're like way better for having done it, you know? And it's just like, I don't know, like it, that's the kind of thing that I think gets missed sometimes. And it's like that fear that you have of like the effects that it, the effect it might have on your career. It's like, well, number one, that's secondary to your own like physical and mental health. But then on top of that, oftentimes, even though you might not, you might lose some time and you might not make some, some arbitrary goal you have of getting, achieving some milestone at in some amount of time. It's like, you're going to come out the other end way better for it. And you're not going to care about any of those things. You're going to just understand that that's a thing you needed to do. You'll be really happy that you did it. And then you'll be in a way better place for having done it. Let's transition to like what you're doing now. I found you through, um, I think like Facebook suggested you to me, like the to go ashore platform, I think, or maybe it might've been, you like liked one of the things and it said to go ashore. And I'm like, Oh, what's that? Cause that happens sometimes too, where I find platforms in that way. But, 
But like I'm a, I'm weird. I don't know if everybody does it. But like if I see something like that and I don't know what it is, I go check it out. And I'm like, oh, what's this all about? No, I don't. <laughs> and I saw it and I read one of the blogs and then shared it and then realized like I didn't put it together until later that you were the same person in, uh, that was involved with the Saving Sailors Facebook group and stuff that oh, yeah. uh, I've talked about it a few <laughs> times on the podcast. So like then then I realized you were involved with that too. And then I was just like, oh, okay, she's doing all kinds of stuff. So like just talk about those things like so that everybody A, like knows what they are and that they're out there, but B, like kind of how they came about. Like how did you get involved in Saving Sailors? How did To Go Ashore start and kind of where is it all going? So... uh I'm going to lead with the fact that I am exploring the fact that I might have ADHD. Um, <laughs> my, maybe. Uh, maybe. <laughs> but um, yeah, so to go ashore, I think it was, I'd had that he- that in my head for like years, probably right when, uh, around 2016, when I, w- when I thought I was separating the first time and I was really frustrated that no one knew how to help me, but it wasn't their fault. Like, yeah. what, like anybody in the Navy doesn't know how to get out of the Navy because obviously right. they're still in. Because they've never and, done it, yeah. <laughs> right. And even if they have, they came back in for a reason and it's... Uh, I, I, I don't know how to explain it. But but yeah, so they... I mean, I, I wanted to make like... um like a how like a bunch of like how to guides um for you know how to do a job interview how to do like uh like how to file your disability claim how to mm. you know this and that like yeah. th- which is something i've done since forever i think when i was when i was a kid i don't like i don't know if you're familiar with neopets <laughs> or anything like that but um no. i kind of like you know, grew up in this like weird time where like we all just like. What is but, um, a Neopet? I don't even know. Neopets was this website that was really popular when I was a kid, which I guess wasn't that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, 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 there were like, um, uh, like I used to write like how to guides for like how to like you know, do certain things in okay, the game yeah, yeah. or whatever. So that's, okay. I mean, that's just a thing that I've always done. Um, yeah. Take screenshots of things like yeah. point arrows everywhere. Yep, and yep. Like, oh, this is how you do this. <laughs> I do that all the time with like work <laughs> stuff. Like I, I've done that. There's like art weird functions within the food service realm where like we have a, one of them's like a cash verification officer. You have like a, all the money that comes in every month for the officer meals and anybody that comes in and pays for a meal or whatever. And you have to do this process to like just account for all the money. And then you have an outside entity audit it, which is a cash verification officer. And they're like a junior officer that's not involved in supply at all generally. And so you have to like train them and teach them how to Mm -hmm. do it. And they generally don't care about this process at all. (laughs) So you have to like, you have to make it really simple for them to not suck at it. So I just same thing, like taking screenshots, pointing arrows, do this and then do this. And if it all adds up, then do this and sign here and initial here and like just pictures of the forms and arrows pointing to where they sign and all that stuff. So like, yeah, I've done that my entire career to like make it stupid proof or try. <laughs> but no one ever. No, it never yeah, helps, right? I usually I, fail. I've done the yeah. same thing. I've, <laughs> I've made guides for uh, how to uh, verify your NFAS, how to find your yep. bibs. Like, I yep. just, yep. nobody yep. cares. Yep. 
Yeah. I mean, <laughs> generally there's some people that they help, but a lot of people just like, yeah, they don't. Um, yeah. I mean, like for instance, like I have a YouTube video. It's the only one I've done so far, but it's for, uh, basically the construction of and submission of a chief's package. And I've gotten a ton of amazing feedback on it because it, like a lot of for board eligible first classes are always like having panic attacks about where do I put the paperclip? Are they going to, am I not going to get promoted? Cause I stapled it. Or like what happened? And so like there's all this crazy stuff and like tribal knowledge. that's not accurate. And all this. So it's like when I put a lot of time and effort into a podcast that I then turned into a YouTube video and it's the YouTube video is very much like that. It's like PowerPoint slides and screenshots of websites and all that stuff mm-hmm. where it's like, go here, do this. This is where this information is. These are what, this is what this means. These are the things they look at. This is how you submit it, that kind of stuff. And while, while people are still screwing it up, it's like, there's a ton <laughs> of people, there's a ton of people that I've gotten, really amazing feedback from like thank god somebody finally well, like good. put something together. so it's like yeah i mean i think some people are looking at it and like okay. <laughs> and getting something out of it but yeah <laughs> the, a lot of times i would do that and then somebody would still screw it up or i'll get an email or a message where they're asking me a question that's answered in the video and i'm like did you did you listen to the video like did you as did per you, my email did, yeah as per the painstakingly prepared youtube video and accompanying podcast just do what I told you to do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, man. Um, hey, so I I was listening to one of your episodes where you had mentioned you had a you have a background in like graphic design or I, websites. Kinda. Or yeah. Kind of. I, growing up, I was really into computers. And I mean, this was back when you had dial up Internet. Um, but yeah. I was really into computers and web design. I, I taught myself how to code HTML and stuff. And. Um, and then I, I was going to college, uh, right before I joined the Navy for graphic design and September 11th happened. And I was already not fond of college. Like it, the social interactions and the crap that goes on, I just like, it wasn't for me. And, uh, I was having trouble making friends because of that. Like I wasn't going to party. I wasn't going to do all that other dumb stuff. And so I was like having trouble, like being social. Cause like none of the, I didn't get like. I didn't get along with anybody cause it wasn't really my scene. So I was already looking at the military and then September 11th happened and it was like, I dropped out like the next day I was at a recruiter's right. office, but yeah, I, I went to school briefly for graphic design um, and then did like web design stuff before that. Uh, yeah. I'd spend a gazillion years since I've been <laughs> into it seriously. And like the graphic design thing is kind of just like the artsy side of your brain, like never shuts off. So, I mean, I still have like, that eye but like i don't yeah. i don't you, know did you make your logo uh no i didn't oh, so okay. <laughs> i and it's only because i'm i'm not as again like i used to be really into the the software that they had back then so i knew mm-hmm. how to use it but now i i did download like adobe photoshop and i was trying to like get get back into it and it was just like it's so complicated that i was like <laughs> i'm just gonna have somebody do this for me so what uh what I, software were you using back then uh, it was called Paint Shop Pro. I did some oh, stuff I with that one. Yeah, yeah, I did some stuff with Photoshop uh, too, but uh, Paint Shop Pro I could download, and it was a lot cheaper, and it had a lot of the same functionality. So, 
I would yeah, use that. Great. But the logo I did, there's a, a app called Fiverr. It's like F-I-V-E-R-R. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm on there too. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's what yeah. I that's what I got the logo from. Um, I I did it. I did a few different ones, and like I've had varying experiences where there's one guy that I paid that sucked and. To like didn't do anything I was asking him to do and it took forever. And then there was another, I, a couple others that I've interacted with that, I mean, it was amazing. Like the guy that made the logo. Um, and then I used a different person to do like that little one that I use on Instagram, the little anchor oh, okay. and stuff. And I basically just told him, I'm like, look, I just want what's in there. So that I have like a little, like small logo to use for like different things. And especially for like social media posts so that people okay. know it's me and so like that yeah they made that one for me but um nice yeah i'm i'm just kind of starting out i mean with for as, as far as formal education i'm just starting out with uh with graphic design um oh, nice. so i didn't i didn't really think i was good enough to be on fiverr but my friend showed me uh some of the logos that she got made and they were terrible yeah, <laughs> and I was like yeah. oh, okay I, I, I can be on here you could totally <laughs> yeah there's definitely you just have to be realistic with what you're charging until your skills get to a level that you can do more but like yeah they there was some that were hot garbage and pretty convinced <laughs> pretty convinced their portfolio was stolen and then um there were others that yeah I mean they were really great like um when I got the logo made, like it, it took a minute uh, to get it made, but like once they nailed it, I was just like, "Oh yeah, that's exactly what I want." And yeah, it was they, they did, the, and it's super affordable too. So like those guys do a good job. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Okay. Oh, but yeah, I mean, you were asking what I'm doing now. That's yeah, yeah. what I'm doing now is uh, I'm going to um, this graphic design school that I wanted to go to back when I was in. When I, when I was in high school, I took um, a graphic communications class. So, that, you know, same kind of thing. But um, yeah. what was it? And I was like, oh, this is the thing that I want to do. And then I was like, wait a minute. I don't have money for college. Yeah. <laughs> so I ended up uh, joining the Navy. And, um, you know, here I am t- 10 years later, just finally doing what I wanted to do. Um, well, that's awesome. But yeah. Um, yeah. And there's so much like cooler stuff now. Like they have a 3d modeling oh, program yeah. for that, yeah. which is what I'm hoping to get my bachelor's in. Um, nice. cause in, in, uh, when I was in high school, I was really into like my graphic communications class and I really liked my, uh, my engineering design class. So that, that's kind of like both of the things that I'm going to end up doing. Nice. But, so um, where do you plan on going with like, like, so first to go ashore, like, cause I know, Initially, I when I found it, it was just a blog, but I know you started a podcast, which I am ashamed to say I haven't gotten to listen to yet, but I Oh, it's okay. Yeah, it's just I'm a bunch of like... It. I'm going to do it. <laughs> well, I mean, like I told you, like a, like a lot of it is just like random clips of me and my friends just like talking and I'm like, oh, this is yeah. funny and we're about the Navy and uh, yeah, this can go with somewhere. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I think but, those kind of conversations can be really productive in certain, like, especially junior sailors that are a little like jaded or frustrated or whatever. Like there's a lot that to, to be related to. And it's like to hear people talking about what it's like to be them. Like that's, there's a lot of appeal there and there's a lot of yeah, things absolutely. like we talked about that you can do that. Like a guy like me can't do yet. Cause I'm still on active duty. Like there's, you have the freedom to say to say things in a way that like a guy like me can't yet. And not that I necessarily that I would, cause I might not have the same feelings, but it's like, you just do like, you have a lot more freedom to do things and say things that 
they can't. And even like the pe- the people that would be your listeners can't say because they're still active duty and they'd get in trouble. And it's just like you're free to express certain opinions or frustrations or whatever that it's like there's no concern about your chief being mad that you said it that way. You know, and it's right. like I think you could get a lot of, of people relating to that. Do you have like a vision for it going forward? Like the types of stuff that you'd talk about on the podcast or the type of stuff that you'd the content or whatever that you would generate for like to go ashore the website? Um, for the podcast, I wanted to do, um, interviews, uh, with veterans, you know, like how, uh, what was your transition like? Um, what do you do now? How massively different is it from what you were doing in, uh, in the Navy or in the, yeah. you know, in the service or whatever. Um, and, uh, there's, there, there's some random stuff on there right now that I'm probably going to take down because it's just like so unrelated to any of that. Uh, okay. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I just did an episode with my friend Holly, um, mm-hmm. who, uh, I mean, she's her, her whole separation was all messed up because, okay. uh, she was trying to separate back in December and everyone was on holiday stand down and nobody could help her. And her, uh, her terminal leave got all jacked up and, you know, and, and it's stuff like that. Like, it's like stuff like that is a lot more common than people think. So I just want to be able to yeah. guide people in, how to resolve it and move forward um yeah. or or even before they get to that point like what to expect and like right, so it plan. doesn't get to that point yeah yeah plan ahead okay yeah how did you get involved with the saving sailors thing how did that uh, like come about because I, I if i understand it correctly <laughs> it was like you and a handful of other people like founded it is that right so uh did you ever see ryan's original post on, I don't uh, think so. Veterans Day. It was it was Veterans Day of like you know this most recent Veterans Day. Like Saving Sailors is still pretty brand new. Um, oh okay. He made this post about um it, it was this picture of him in his uniform smiling and mm-hmm. he talks about how like even though he was smiling in that picture he, at the it, in the moment he actually just really really was miserable and probably wanted to kill himself. Um, and I don't know, like it got shared probably a thousand times and, um, you know, he wasn't expecting it to go viral the way it did, but it did. And he was like, Oh crap. Like I need a place to put these people. And, um, yeah. Yeah. And he hashtagged that post with, uh, hashtag saving sailors. Um, and, uh, so, I remember we were having a conversation about like, oh, like what, like what should we do with all this, uh, all this attention that he's getting because he's, he's a life coach. I don't know. Like if you're, if you yeah, I was going to ask like how you knew him. Cause I like, I clicked on his profile and I'm pretty sure he was a submarine chief. So I was just like, oh, that's interesting. But then I was like, how did you guys like all link up? Oh, okay. So, um, back in the dark, dark days of 2016, um, (laughs) when I, uh, when I was, uh, seeing mental health and I didn't, uh, and I didn't have anyone else to take care of my daughter, I was staying behind on underways and they didn't really, I guess it's, I mean, it's, this was better than anywhere else I've seen that. Like when you can't go underway, when you're in Hawaii, they send you TAD to mid pack, um, and uh i don't know i mean it was just kind of like this big administrative building or whatever and um 
uh, Ryan was my chief over there. And oh, okay. Yeah, so there was just something different about him, like, just from the very beginning when I checked it, like, there, there was a bunch of uh, people from my ship that checked in all at the same time because, you know, our ship was going underway and for wh- whatever reason we couldn't, like, everyone had medical appointments or whatever it was, but the check-in wasn't, like, a standard, like, check-in. It was, like, he would talk to each sailor for, like, 10, 15 minutes, like, in depth about like their personal lives and me and my friend Anna we were like what what's this guy doing who like who does yeah. he think he is <laughs> like, <That's funny. laughs> but um I guess what it was was that he had just launched his um you know life coaching business and he was kind of using us as guinea pigs so okay um <laughs> um some years later uh I kind of like Facebook stalked him and I was like oh, okay this is like this is the thing he does. That's why, that's why he was doing the thing he was doing. And, um, I didn't want to like stalk him, stalk him. So it's not like I like sent him a friend request and liked his yeah. business page. So, but, but there's this, uh, there's this guy who is a mutual friend, but somehow I don't remember being on the ship with him, but he's convinced that we, his name is Andy. And, he like he was like yeah we were on uh uss you know last ship together and i was like i don't remember you but okay so i accepted his friend request and um and ryan had commented on one of his pictures and i was like hey look a mutual friend so then that's when i like added him as a friend but um and then i i i joined his little like um his uh life coaching group it's called first wake-ups but um Yeah, so I joined that group, and then I was like, hey, I don't know if you remember me, and he's like, oh, yeah, of course I remember you, so that's, uh, I mean, that's kind of our backstory, is, uh, uh, I think, um, yeah, I mean, and eventually I was like, oh, yeah, and like, sure, I'll hire you as my life coach or whatever, and then, um, so while we were working together, um, he made that post and he was like, holy shit, what do I do? Like, do I yeah, like okay. funnel them to first wake ups? Like, and I was like, well, I don't know. And we just, I guess decided that there should be a group called hashtag saving sailors. And that's kind of yeah. where that came what, from. <laughs> what's the, um, like, and I don't, I don't know if you guys are just yeah. kind of like letting it unfold organically or if there's like discussion about where it's going to go from here, but like, what is, like first, like what's the stated goal? Like what it like we're just like is it just a place for people to go invent or like what kind of what? Because like I I watch it passively and just kind of read some of the posts and um like I commented on one where a guy was talking about hurting himself, but like the just to encourage him not to do that obviously and like let right. him know that people were here for him, but like it's kind of, it looks like it's just a place for people to go where similarly minded people that can support them and share their experiences. And it's just like a, to know that everybody like it's just human beings and like everybody's in varying states of, of evolution. And it's like, sometimes those places are dark and we need other people to like help us get through that stage. And it's just like, that seems to be what it is to me, but like, what is it? What is the idea for you guys to like, when you created it, like what was the kind of like the, the mission in mind? I mean, I think that, that, that was, that's what it is to me too. It's like where it's kind of a place where you can get validation and, um, 
you know, know, know that you're not alone. Um, I know that uh, Ryan really doesn't want it to become another, like, posting meme page yeah so we had like a like a really hard and fast like no memes rule for a really long time but now we do like meme mondays and it's like oh but um yeah he he said he didn't want to want it to turn into project mayhem whatever uh that means (laughs) i mean i i I know what i I know yeah i definitely like become yeah I'm super disappointed that like um, I see like the group basic mentoring. I don't know if you've ever been there, but that degenerated into like hot garbage. Like it's not it's it's not that there's not ever any value there, but it's just like a lot of people post questions asking for help and they get a lot of like people just saying, well, did you look it up? Like, did you go to this person and ask your career counselor? What are you even asking? It's just like come on man that's exactly how the gas turbines tech pages yeah it just turns into people attacking people on social media it's like why are you even here like what are you doing and then it's like the comments just turn into a back and forth about like the people that kind of understand the point and the people that don't arguing back and forth about what's the right answer and it's just like this poor e3 that just needed some help thought that posting that was going to get him that help. And it's just like, like maybe they don't know where to look. Maybe they don't know where to find the references that you're yelling at them to go look at like that. And that's why they're, they're resorting to social media to try to like shoot up a flare for help. And it's like, and instead of helping, you're going to like lecture them on how they should have figured it out themselves. Then what's the point of the Facebook group existing? Right. Like, I don't, like <laughs> what are you doing? So I don't really, I used to, I I got involved in it a few years ago and I I used to get on some posts and and try to help people out. But like, like, unless I see one that's like somebody kind of, that's like really freaking out, like, and, and hasn't gotten any like meaningful help, then I just kind of like, it just observe and sit back because it's like, I'm just not going to get involved in like a war of words on Facebook comments. It's just not worth my time. There's a there's a group called uh, I think it's just called the first class mess and it's just like that where it's like oh, a I bunch of first imagine. classes just yep. like you know just yeah the chiefs groups are other. the same way like it's yeah. not yeah the a lot of the chiefs groups are very similar where it's just a bunch of like memes and just talking <laughs> talking yeah it's not very productive like it's it just is what it is it's I feel like. Facebook groups just degenerate into that a lot of the times without proper like curation. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I think that's what we're trying to avoid with, um, yeah. with saving sailors. And, um, I think like the overall like pie in the sky dream is for it to like turn into an actual nonprofit where we can help people, um, find resources on a yeah you know on a bigger scale or like um that would be cool even um or even like i don't know give out grants or whatever if we ever you know get to that level because i think a lot of um a lot of problems uh that people have been posting about start with like oh well i i'm broke or i don't like i like like we have like we had this one guy who's like a navy veteran and he was like living on the street and we're like well how can we help him like we like at this point we really can't except to you know like to find try to find him a homeless shelter or like 
Yeah, I mean, crowdfunding maybe would be the only thing I can yeah. think of. Yeah, that's because I, I mean, I'd PayPal him some money, like. <laughs> right. Um, but then, I, yeah, I guess doing it under the umbrella of a nonprofit would probably be the move, just because like there's people, especially on social media, that would try to scam stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's cool. Like, I like that idea a lot because I feel like, and I don't know, like, I know there's a lot of like military and veteran nonprofits out there. I don't know how many of them are are focused on that piece, um, which I think could be really cool. Because like, I know, so my friend Amber, who I'm 100% going to put you in touch with uh, (laughs) about your podcast and stuff, because like, I don't know if you've listened to her episodes, but she's a social worker. She's graduating that like soon. Um, and is trying to get a job at the VA and doing a bunch of other oh, stuff. Cool. She's really interested in doing uh, certain things with like policy level, like mental health things. But she she works with a lot of veterans who were separated, like based on um, some kind of disciplinary issue. But the disciplinary issue was the result of some kind of military sexual trauma or something in that vein where it's like they were net dealing with that trauma destructively. And like, so they drugs, alcohol, like fighting, what like whatever it was, like the right. disciplinary th- symptom got them separated with a, a discharge that wouldn't support them getting treatment for that thing now that they're a veteran. So she's spends a bunch of time going through the process of like getting their, uh, discharge recoded so that they can be eligible for benefits that w- at the VA that would get them the treatment that they need. And so oh, it's okay. like, just, yeah, she's super, she's a super awesome human and does a lot of really cool things in that vein. So like, I'll definitely put you in contact with her. Cause I think it, you'd probably enjoy talking to her too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, that's, yeah, that's I've- cool. I, I hope that works <laughs> out that way. That would be amazing. Have you guys done any research on like the, if there are existing, nonprofits in the same lane at all because i was just like i don't know anything about it kind of sort of i like i know that i'm trying uh like ryan and i are trying to like come up with like a mission statement and like a vision statement for like the the website or whatever and i like copy pasted a bunch of like similar ish organizations together so that we could kind of like cobble something something together yeah (laughs) but there's nothing really that does exactly what we want saving sailors to do i guess right i just mean to like it'd almost be like something that you could get like a mentor from mm. like if there's a if there's an organization doing something similar then maybe oh, yeah. like to learn how to set it up to like get some lessons learned like points of contact etc like um that could be that could be a way in which you figure some of that stuff out too but yeah i definitely oh, definitely I just didn't know like if there was any uh, that do kind of similar things just to learn from and get the like the lessons learned and stuff like that. But but yeah, 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 well, that's (laughs) all amazing. Is the website up or are you guys working on it still? Uh, Still working on it. Like we don't have any content. Like I just bought the domain name like last week because like i said i'm pretty sure i have adhd and i was like it seems like a good idea to do right now (laughs) (laughs) i do that i do that a lot where like a project will come up and i like buy something and then it sits on a shelf for three years (laughs) and then i finally get around to doing it eventually but yeah i definitely have done that in my life 
I think I have a model of like the USS Nautilus or something that I bought when I was in high school and it's still sitting on my bookshelf, like not put together. <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds like something I would do for sure. Um, got any like save rounds or alibis? Anything else that we didn't talk about that you'd like to? Um, no, not really. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like we've come to a natural conclusion if you, unless you can think of anything else. I'll definitely uh, link everything in the show notes so that people can find. Because I, like, I don't know that the awareness is out there for the group, like Saving Sailors, um, which I think is a great resource because it definitely is well curated by you guys as far as keeping it focused and keeping it devoid of all that crap like the the memes and everything else like i think you guys are doing an awesome job of keeping it focused on the mission and uh and it's there's a lot of value there just so that like somebody especially if there's not there's not something like locally like they don't have a resource like that person that you would go talk to on the ship or there's not somebody that they're comfortable doing it with or they're just not ready to go talk to mental health yet and they're even even have like the anxiety issues like you were talking about about like not they just want to like talk but it's like starting that conversation with a real human in real life is really difficult it's like this is like the perfect answer to get started like just being in a place with people that have experienced similar things and that are similarly minded and that are there to, to like help and just be sounding boards it's like it's i've always noticed that and it's something my mom taught me it's like it's not something i would have done on my own it's like Anytime I've been in a place where some kind of like emotional strain or trauma like happened in my life, just saying it out loud over and over again, like just talking to someone um, that's like either impartial or has similar experiences, it's like just saying it out loud over and over again and like getting out of my head about it was super cathartic for me. Um, yeah. And I, th- I would imagine that it probably functions that way for other people. So like. Uh, I highly, highly encourage everybody to check out the group Saving Sailors. It's on Facebook. It's super easy to find if you put it in the search bar. Um, you hashtag Saving Sailors, and it's like you'll you'll find it really quickly. Oh, actually, really awesome. we might have we might have gone private right, mm. but by now because I know okay. there was uh, there was like an issue last week or two weeks ago where someone yeah uh, said that they posted something and they're so it's something so you have it to got be brought in, up to the command and I invited uh, to it might be i'll okay I'll talk well to ryan about how we're, yeah how we're gonna and if go that's about the that. case yeah if that's we, the we case. have a page we do have a like a, a facebook page okay separate from the group but yeah um, yeah so you can like the facebook page and then yeah i mean worst case scenario send the page a message or reach out to me and i can invite you like yeah. you could so i'll put that stuff in the show notes so people can find it I'll put the to go ashore stuff also in the show notes. Check out her podcast, right? It's, it's, I, I'm excited that there's a platform discussing what you're discussing as far as like not just providing the resources and like the lessons learned for the separation process, which is important. And like, I'm, I'm glad that that's happening too, but also just discussing the things like the, the stressors of like people pressuring you to stay in and like the fear of separating and going into the unknown. And some of those experiences is like putting a bunch of people in a, in a place where that those discussions are going to happen is super productive for those that are going to separate or that desire to separate, but don't have the support at their command. Like that's, that's super valuable. And I'm really glad that mm-hmm. that's happening. Well, um, 
Yeah, thank you. I, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me on. I, Absolutely. I, I'm so good at, I'm so bad at like ending conversations and starting uh, it's conversations fine. <laughs> and having conversations. That's what editing's for. It's all good. I'm going to make you sound real good. I promise. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks so much for doing it. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. <laughs> all right. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, I did. I, I, li- I just like talking to people. It's fun. Um, she's a really interesting human and uh, it was a good time. And I, I love that uh, even somebody like her that struggles with the types of social interactions required of the platforms she's a part of, it's like still doing it, still recognizing the need and still getting after it. It's really cool to see that. Check out togoashore.com. Uh, she's got a podcast, blog, a bunch of other stuff there. And then if you're, especially if you're in need, but you know, support if you can, if nothing else, the Saving Sailors platform by, by building awareness for it, by sharing it, by letting people know it exists. It's something that you can point somebody towards. Um, I, I'm a really big fan of it since I've, I've, I'm in the group so I can, I can see, uh, what's going on. And I've been able to support a few people just by, you know, providing encouragement and, and like letting them know that they're not in this alone and that there are, there are things far more important than, um, than the Navy and the things that we do. Uh, cause that's what it is. Like, like, uh, Jason Thompson said during our podcast, it's just a thing that we do. It's not who we are. So it's really important to be able to separate those and, and just, I, I'm really happy to see, uh, something like this existing just because some really amazing, uh, sailors that are a lot of which are now veterans just recognize the need for it came together and they do an excellent job of curating it to make sure that, uh, it doesn't degenerate into what you see some Facebook groups doing where it's just like a bunch of memes and mean people saying mean things. Um, especially in an environment like this, like that's obviously not the intention or the it's, it's not the forum for that kind of a thing. There's plenty of Facebook groups and pages for that kind of crap, but this isn't it. So check out saving sailors. Um, just be aware of it. If you don't want to be part of the private group, because it's just not a thing that you feel like you need to be involved in, but you may know somebody that does like, just be aware of that and, and let people know that it's not a, a mental health function of the Navy. It's just a group of people that have experiences with or, or currently experiencing struggles with mental health. And it's a place you can go to talk about those things and not feel alone. And that's kind of the big thing is it's just like, I'm not a mental health professional. And it's really important that people recognize that I am not a mental health professional, nor are most of these people, if not all of them. Um, but it's, it's a place you can go to just talk and that's better than nothing. It's like, just, just say something, just be in a place where you're, you're talking. Um, and then maybe those people who have gone through similar experiences can then help you understand that like, um, you know, maybe, maybe a mental health professional is what you need, or maybe you need other things, but if nothing else, it's just know that you're not alone. And that's a place that you can definitely do that. And I just highly recommend uh, checking it out. If you need anything from us or have any questions about anything, hit us up. Don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message me. Don't give up the ship podcast, or you can DM me on Instagram or Reddit. D podcast. Super easy. Uh, we got a sub there as well. If you want to jump into like a discussion and a message board format on Reddit, uh, about the episodes and the content of it, provide us feedback, ask questions, whatever. 
Uh, and then if you if you want to support, uh, there's a couple ways to do that. You can get on dguestpodcast.com slash shop, get yourself a t-shirt, magnet stickers, a bunch of different stuff there. Um, the money, it's not a for-profit thing. It just helps us keep the lights on as far as paying all the subscription fees and such. And then uh, like, share, subscribe, review on all the things, iTunes, you know, you can share it on all the social media platforms, review us give us the five stars, all that stuff. It helps. It just builds visibility and gets the content out there to people that need it. So, uh, so please do that if you, if you are willing, uh, and that's it. That's all I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship. <laughs>